You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Jack, Emilian, Anthony, and Arif. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. How are we going? Anthony. Good to be here. And Arif. Happy to be back. Now, this is episode 16 of the podcast, and we have got a team predictions episode for you guys today. It is our last off-season episode before we start uploading during the season, which starts this Friday with the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. Boys, we are so close to the start of the season. I can't be the only one that's excited. Yep, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Especially now with the whole pandemic, you know, sports, uh, NFL in general has been more anticipated than ever, I reckon. Absolutely. Now, as always, we're going to kick it off with our new segment. And making news this week in the NFL was Yannick Ngakwe, who's been traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 second-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 fifth-round pick. Anthony, after the Ngakwe acquisition, will this year's Vikings defense be better than last year's Vikings defense? Well, it's really hard to say whether or not they're better or not because uh, having lost Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph, that was a lot of experience they lost between those two players. But I think Ngakwe is definitely a good step in the, in the right direction for them signing a player with you know, multiple years in the league worth of experience. I think it really is it's on the right track to, you know, getting back together the experience they lost. So I think whether or not they can produce the way they did in 2020, sorry, in 2019, I think they can have potential. I agree in terms of the experience that was lost with Griffin. But I feel like in terms of on-field output, I feel like Ngakwe does offer a better output than what Griffin would. Um, And I think this Vikings defense will be better than last year's Vikings defense, uh, even with all the change that has occurred during the offseason. The Kansas City Chiefs have extended head coach Andy Reid and general manager Brett Veach for, for another six years after the Chiefs' Super Bowl win last season. Arif, was this the right call by the Chiefs? This is an excellent call. I think this is one of the best head coach, um, general manager duos in the league. you got Andy Reid, who's had tons of head coaching experience, and he thoroughly deserves to be or get a five-year extension, as well as Brett Veach, who's drafted players such as you know Patrick Mahomes, and he's just done really well since he's come here. So it's definitely a good call. I agree. After being released by the Jacksonville Jaguars during the week, running back Leonard Fournette has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Emilian, what do you make of this crowded Buccaneers running back room? I think it's awesome. I think having so much depth at a very high level is going to be good for the Buccaneers. Um, I believe Bruce Arians said that he still wants Ron Jones to be involved heavily in, in the offense. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Ron Jones share carries throughout the season. And you also got LaShawn McCoy in there, who I think they're just going to use occasionally. But um, I'm very excited to see how this, uh, it's going to operate there with Leonard Fournette and Ron Jones as the front runners. Yeah, just to a point there about Arians still uh, recognizing um, Jones as a pretty prominent feature in that backfield. He did also uh, say that McCoy will also feature prominently. So it will definitely be interesting to see the uh, snaps shared between those three. I do have to wonder whether um, 
someone like Ronald Jones is the odd man out and may even get traded, whether it be before the season or mid-season. It sounds like it won't be before the season, but I feel like he's definitely um, a mid-season trade uh, candidate, uh, especially with just how crowded it is. Anthony? Just on that, potentially um, Ronald Jones getting traded, uh, the Buccaneers have the least cap space in that league. So that is it, that could be something that happens. For sh- that's a really realistic um option for them to, you know, increase the cap space they have in this season. You're right. Uh, the roster they do have now is obviously a win-now roster, and they do have quite a few veterans now on that roster. So it is important, um, while they have a bunch of veterans, that it is important that they do continue to build through the draft. And I feel like it would be good for them to actually build more draft cap- capital as a result of a trade like that, um, as it does kind of keep building uh, new guys while the veterans are in place now. The Cleveland Browns have traded a fifth-round draft pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for safety Ronnie Harrison. Arif, how does Harrison fit in with the rest of Cleveland's safeties? I think he fits in as, like, maybe potentially not starting straight away, but he's definitely a great option to have, especially just getting him for a fifth-round draft pick. And he is signed through to the end of next season. He might be competing at strong safety with Carl Joseph, who they acquired from Las Vegas last season. He's more of a strong safety, so I don't think he'll take over Andrew Sendejo's spot just yet after, you know, Grand Delpit's injury. But he's definitely got starting potential, and a fifth-round pick is not much to pay for a guy of Harrison's caliber. Well, it is interesting you bring up uh, Sendejo and Joseph. Sendejo and Joseph and Harrison are all listed as strong safeties, so it will be interesting to see who gets a starting job at that position. And I'm wondering if one of those guys does actually make a switch to free safety as they don't really have many free safeties on the roster at all. So it will be interesting to see if we see kind of like a two kind of strong safeties uh, kind of playing out of position perhaps. The Dallas Cowboys have released veteran free safety Haha Clinton Dix after signing him for a one-year deal at the start of the offseason. Anthony, does this move mean the Cowboys are pursuing Earl Thomas? I think it definitely would suggest that for sure. I think Earl Thomas definitely uh, has a talent to really make an, you know, an impact as soon as he uh, joins the Cowboys, if he does. It's a move that I reckon will boost, obviously will boost the Cowboys' defense having lost Byron Jones in the offseason. But for me, obviously in the last couple of seasons, there's been a lot of like conversation about the Cowboys not having the best locker room atmosphere. There's been a lot of drama through there. So as an as an like an outsider of that locker room, I don't know if it's, a, it's the best idea to sign someone who got released for being you know a bad like mix in the Ravens locker room. So I'm not sure I mean it does seem to me that they are making way for him, just I'm not sure if it's the best possible guy they can get. I do see a point about the potentially bad locker room presence a guy like Earl Thomas could bring to the Cowboys, but obviously in terms of on-field output, um, Earl Thomas is definitely an upgrade or would be a definite upgrade of someone like Clinton Dix, who is probably reaching the uh, latter stages of his career in the NFL. The New England Patriots have named Cam Newton as their week one starter at quarterback. Emilian, was this the right call by the Patriots? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised. I mean, I think we all expected him to be named the starter over uh, Stidham and Hoyas. So, and it's also interesting to note that 
we did talk about how his contract is extremely cheap and it's kind of like a miracle how Bill Belichick got that to work. And if Cam Newton produces really well for the Patriots this year, if he leads them to the playoffs and potentially even further, uh, I wonder what kind of contract he'll be getting in the future there. So uh, very, very excited to see him in that Patriot system. Uh, excited to see how Belichick is going to change the playbook to fit Newton. And yeah, uh, honestly not surprised that he's a week one starter. It is interesting, obviously, with Brian Hoyer also at the Patriots. He has played, he has, he has started games for the Patriots in the past. So it is interesting that um, Newton was chose ahead, uh, chosen ahead of him and also ahead of Jarrett Stidham, who was being talked about as a decent prospect coming through. But I agree that they, they did make the right choice here by choosing Newton. Finally... Uh, according to Tom Pelissero, the New Orleans Saints are sending an all-out blitz to try and sign free agent defensive end Jadavion Clowney, who has spoken multiple times to head coach Sean Payton. The Seattle Seahawks and Tennessee Titans are the other two teams who are rumoured to be seriously interested in Clowney's services. Arif, where does Clowney sign and why? Well, I've also been hearing that stuff that's having to the Saints. They're asking a lot of their players to take pay cuts because, as we know, they don't have much cap space at all. The thing you got to think about here is that they're already having dramas with Alvin Kamara over his contract. How are they going to be able to bring in Jadavion Clowney and bring back Alvin Kamara? I don't see him going to the Saints. I think a real, more realistic destination is probably Seattle. I think the Titans are kind of fed up with the fact that he's not interested in attending a workout. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks about his core muscle injury last season and if he can, if he'll be able to play all of the games in 2020. So I think Seattle, on a one-year deal as they did last year with him, I think that's the way to go for Clowney. Yeah, I think you make a really good point about the Saints. I, there are a lot of mouths to feed in terms of um, contract situations. Obviously, it looks like they've kind of settled down the Kamara situation, but you know th- there were a bit a few whispers about potentially trading him if they um, continued kind of stalling in those negotiations. So I feel like getting a guy like him signed long term is probably more important than bringing in a, an extra body at defensive end. You know, even if it's a guy like Clowney. So I do agree that. Uh, it's probably more down to the um, Seahawks and Titans. Uh, and the Titans definitely do, or they definitely could use a guy like Clowney, especially with the, de- the departure of Jarrell Casey in the offseason. But with uh, Clowney's familiar- familiarity with the Seahawks, I feel like that's a bigger possibility. Now that wraps up our new segment for this week, and we're going to move into our team predictions and uh, our first uh, kind of um, section of our predictions is teams that we think will exceed expectations this season. And we each have two teams uh, who we think will exceed expectations. And I'm going to kick it off with my two teams. And the first is the New England Patriots. I think they go nine and seven this season. Um, Ken Newton was voted by his teammates as uh, offensive team captain, just two months after signing with the team. Now, that is completely unprecedented for the Patriots. Um, the shortest it's taken uh, a new signing to um, take on a captain role has been a year at least. If you go look at guys like Randy Moss, but Newton is a team captain within two months of signing. So it should say something about um, his teammates' belief in him as a player 
and in this team. So I feel like Cam has the guys around him who support him in this organization. And I definitely have trust in Bill Belichick to build a really nice um, offensive system that, you know, plays the Newton's strengths. So I definitely believe in the Patriots this year and I feel like they're going nine and seven. The second team who I believe will exceed expectations this season is the Indianapolis Colts. I think they go 11 and five this year. They've got a really great offensive line. They just locked in another piece. Uh, they signed center Ryan Kelly long-term, making him the highest-paid center in NFL history. So locking down him and also having a guy like Quentin Nelson at guard is really important. And I feel like, obviously, a great offensive line equals – well, it, it, it helps um, great offenses. And bringing a guy like Rivers as well only helps more. So that offense has the potential to be really special this season. And they obviously have the really great young defense – uh, headed by uh, Darius Leonard there as well. So I feel like the Colts definitely have a chance to um, exceed expectations. I feel like most people would expect them to be around the 9 and 7, 36 mark. I feel like they go a bit beyond and go 11 and 5. Anthony? Uh, so my first pick, I've gone with the Falcons. I believe that the Falcons, they're probably, I reckon they have a decent chance they can secure the 7th seed or even the 6th seed at the best. But I feel for me, this is probably closer to being a bold prediction than a prediction that would see the Falcons, you know, exceeding expectations because a lot needs to go right for them to get that uh, 7th or 6th seed. They don't have a very strong run game. They don't have a lot of depth at running back. Todd Gurley is there, is a starter at running back. And if he, there's a lot of question marks whether or not he can stay healthy. So already that run game isn't that strong. But if, it can, if they can get going, if that run game can return to some somewhat similar level as he did with the Rams in 2018... And combined with Laquan Treadwell, uh, Julio Jones, and Cal Ridley, I reckon the Falcons definitely do have what it takes to make the playoffs. Also, for my second pick, I've gone with the Cardinals, and I have five words. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. This duo has the ability to be very special this season, and especially like with Kyler Murray coming off his rookie season where he played, didn't play great, but he had didn't have a lot of talent around him. The Cardinals have done exactly what they should have done by surrounding him with talent. And DeAndre Hopkins is a man that can really get the gears going for, for the Cardinals, especially with a with the run game that have, that introduces, you know, Kenyon Drake came to the Cardinals halfway through last year. And his numbers have only improved. And it looks like he'll get back to similar to uh, to his form that, it, that he was in in 2017, where he recorded nearly, nearly 800 yards. I think... The Cardinals have what it takes to really push the 49ers and Seahawks to to end up with one of the wild card spots in the NFC. I agree, Anthony. I definitely like the Cardinals' chances this season. Arif, who are your two choices? So my first choice for teams that will exceed expectations are the Giants. And although I don't think that they can necessarily make the playoffs, I definitely think they're a better team than they're expected to be. I think they'll improve from their four and 12 record to something like seven and nine. And the reason I say this is Saquon Barkley now has three solid offensive linemen to run behind. He's got Andrew Thomas, who they recently drafted, Will Hernandez and Kevin Zietler. So he should be able to have the best season of his career. Insane. I, I said last episode that I thought Daniel Jones will regress in 2020, but I really don't think they'll need him that much at all with Saquon playing well. 
Jones will still have a healthy Engram as a security blanket, and I think the Giants' defense will heavily improve after all of their off-season additions. The second team that I have will exceed expectations. I've taken a similar route to the Giants. Again, a team that I don't think will make the playoffs, but they'll definitely exceed expectations, in my opinion, are the Dolphins. They had a 5-11 and record in... 2019 and I think they have the potential to be a 7, 9 or 8 and 8 team and potentially could be on top of the Patriots in that division. I don't know. We'll see. But the reason I say this is they had an incredible offseason, one of the best in the NFL, I think. They completely overhauled their defense. They brought in people like Shaq Lawson, Carl Van Noy, Byron Jones, and they went to the draft and got some really strong players as well. So they have a potential. If they can make it 8-8 eight and eight this season, I don't see why not they can't make the playoffs in 2021 and beyond. And Emilian, your two picks? So for my first one, I've gone with the Detroit Lions. I think they will exceed expectations. When healthy, this is a strong team, I believe, especially if Matt, ha- Matt Stafford. He's under center. I think he's a very underrated quarterback. I'm sure we all think that. Uh, the defense is lacking, and Matt Patricia hasn't done much at all. But the offense is good enough, I reckon, to get them six or seven wins. I think they will go seven and nine this season. With my second team, I know most of you are going to disagree on this. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they made some much-needed improvements on defense. And Derek Carr is, in fact, very underrated. He was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league last season. He had a career-high 70.4% uh, completion percentage and a career-high 100.8 passer rating. I think that they're definitely moving in the right direction. They're in a new city now. I think it'll be good for them. I think they go 9-7. and seven. Some interesting picks, guys. We're going to move on to our next section of predictions, and that is teams who we think will regress in 2020. And again, we have two each. Anthony, why don't you kick us off? See, for me, my first pick, I was a bit, I was a bit interested with your, um, with your pick with the teams that will... Um, improve when you when you when you put down the Patriots. For me, that's a team that I think will regress. I think on defense, they're about the same levels they were last year, maybe a little bit less. Like a little, no, I wouldn't expect them to get back to the exact same mark they were last year, being the best defense in the league. But I think the biggest questions come on offense, because obviously they've gotten they've signed Cam Newton in the off season, and I think I think it's a step in the right direction, but just they don't they Cam Newton won't have the same chemistry as he does with the receivers and the running backs in the offense like Tom Brady does. And I think any team that goes from having a quarterback that's been in that system for over well over a decade to going to a, going from a from that quarterback to a to a new one. I think there has to be some growing pains. So I can't I wouldn't expect the Patriots to improve on the 12 and 4 record which they had in 2019. I think they'll regress off that. I don't think subs, like substantially, but I think they will reduce like they will become like a 10 and 16 in 2020 um my second team that i had was the texans and i think with bill o'brien still as um as the head coach of the texans in 2020 i don't think they can improve off their 2019 campaign where they reached the divisional round of the playoffs even though they have acquired brandon cooks and an aging randall cobb i don't think it's enough to make up for the loss of jandre hopkins and i think I might be calling this a bit early, but I'm starting to suspect that this Super Bowl window might be closing a little bit. I think this is a make-or-break season, whether it's whether to or not that Super Bowl window remains. And if your picks? 
So my first pick for teams that will regress is the New York Jets. I think they have a really – they have a lot of potential on offense. They have – you know, Donald is going to improve. I think Le'Veon's going to have a better season. But I think their defense is a massive hole in, in their entire team, and that's going to really let them down in 2020. I think they're going to go 4-12. and 12. After losing Jamal Adams, who really was the anchor of that defense and a team captain, although he he had some issues with the coaching staff, I still think he was a great locker room presence during the season. I don't know who's going to step up for the Jets in that role. They don't really have a veteran there, I think, that can replace Adams as that kind of person. I think they're not going to have a very good season in 2020. My second team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this one's pretty straightforward. I think they're going to regress to a 3-13 and record, maybe, maybe even lower than that. They certainly won't be unwatchable by any means, but I think the damage has been done after releasing Fournette, losing Calais Campbell in free agency, and trading away their promising youngster at safety and Ronnie Harrison. It'll be fun to watch... Defensive rookie pair, Caleb Von Chason and CJ Henderson. But this team, in my opinion, will likely be gaining that first overall pick in next year's draft. Fair enough. Emilian, your two picks? All right, so my first pick is the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they're going to experience a Super Bowl hangover as uh, most of the recent Super Bowl uh, losers have done in recent years. I think the pass offense is severely lacking. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo himself is good enough quarterback to make up for the lack of targets he has. I think obviously he's got George Kittle, but especially in the first few weeks, they're not going to have Debo Samuel. Emmanuel Sanders is gone, so I don't really know who is going to be able to carry the load. Their running attack, I don't think it's going to be as good this season because of the loss of Breed. I still think Coleman and most are very capable. They're still going to be a great uh, rushing duo, but I don't think it's enough for the 49ers to achieve the same record as they did. I think they go 10-6 and six this season. My second team is the Carolina Panthers, and I think the biggest reason for that is the loss of Luke Keekley retiring. He was the leader of that defense, and I think it's basically the equivalent of the Seahawks losing Bobby Wagner. Uh, without the star power that the Seahawks have, though, like the Panthers on offense, they don't have a Russell Wilson. They don't have as good receivers as the Seahawks do. So the Panthers, I think, are going to be one of the worst teams in the league in this coming season. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater all that much because he did play well in New Orleans, but Look at the talent he had on that offense. He won't get the same in Carolina. So I've got the Panthers going 13 and 3. Uh, sorry, 3 and 13. Emilia, I've got a question for you. Um, obviously, uh, Drake McKinnon, if we don't signed him from the Vikings a couple of seasons ago, do you reckon he'll make an impact for San Francisco now that he's able to stay healthy? Or do you reckon that his time in the league, or at least well, his, like, his best days in the league, is beyond him? Whether or not he'll impact the running game all that much, I think he can. But it's, it's nowhere near the level, uh, no matter how, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the level that Matt Breeder brought to the run game. Now, on to my two picks, and I don't think you guys will be very surprised with my picks. The first of which are the Green Bay Packers, who I think will go 8-8 eight and eight in 2020. Um, there are undoubtedly internal tensions between Rodgers and Lafleur, and uh, by extension, the front office pretty evident by um, their weak drafts in recent years and not helping him out. 
Um, Rogers is getting older. I definitely think he's a more than capable quarterback. He's definitely a top five quarterback in the league, but he is getting a little bit older. Obviously, I mentioned their weak draft, and they lost some guys during the offseason, like Blake Martinez, Brian Belaga, Kyle Fackrell, and John about Allison. Um, I don't know if their offseason covered those weaknesses. And with the tape now on uh, LeFleur, I think more teams will adapt to what he wanted to do last season. And I'm not sure he's going to have much success um, adding new wrinkles to that offense uh, with more teams kind of latching on to what they like to do. So I feel like they're going to go eight and eight this season. My second team are the Buffalo Bills, who I also think will go eight and eight. I simply don't believe in Josh Allen. As you guys know, I don't really think he's a franchise quarterback. I feel like the Bills need a better quarterback in order to um, take this franchise to the next level. And I don't think they can go to the next level with Josh Allen. Teams will really crack down in this year. I feel like he's the key to any success they have this season. The defense is good, but Josh Allen will be, he needs to stand up for the Bills to kind of go to that next level to kind of really start contending for a Super Bowl. And so teams will really uh, focus on Allen. And I don't, I just don't think he's going he's to be able to handle the pressure. So they go ahead and that for me this year. On to our next batch of predictions, and that is our surprise wildcard teams. We all have one each, and we're going to kick it off with Arif. For my surprise wildcard team, personally, we've, we've been talking this team up a bit, quite a bit, so it wouldn't really be a surprise. I'm going with the Cardinals. I think that Kyle Murray will have a huge sophomore leap, and... The addition of DeAndre Hopkins is only going to help that. They they have really a really good, potent offense, and their defense added some speed in the draft with Isaiah Simmons, obviously, and they have a really strong linebacking core. So I think they'll probably scrape in to that seventh wildcard spot, and we'll be talking – well, I'll be talking about the Cardinals later in this episode. Anthony? For me, I mentioned before about the teams that I reckon will exceed expectations. And I mentioned that the Falcons, I think I think I said that there will be there was more of a I think like surprise, like a bold prediction that the Falcons make playoffs, but I feel like it's definitely not beyond them. I mentioned about the receiver core, if Laquan Treadwell can find, you know, new form having moved from Minnesota to Atlanta, it could really, could really, they could really like, there'd be a massive leap for the Falcons uh, receiving core if he can get going, have three reliable targets there. And also if the running game can get going with Todd Gurley finding form again, there's definitely no reason why the Falcons could surprise the NFL and make a wildcard spot. Um, and onto your pick, Emilian. So this isn't going to come as a surprise. I've been saying it for the past 16 weeks. I've gone the same as Anthony. It is the Atlanta Falcons. I think they do have a very solid roster. And a lot of people like are kind of saying they're not a good team based on their performance last season. Their first half was atrocious. Their second half was incredible. They finished 6-2 and two in the last eight games. I think Todd Gurley is definitely going to surprise people. I've got the Atlanta Falcons going 9-7. I think they definitely can make their way back into the playoffs. And my pick for a surprise wildcard team uh, is the Chicago Bears. 
I feel like they'll go nine and seven this season. They have an elite defense, which has the potential to reach uh, their 2018 heights once again this year, um, especially with the addition of Robert Quinn alongside alongside Khalil Mack. I feel like that will be scary this season for opposing teams. I also believe Nick Foles will start in week one for the Bears. He has better knowledge of the offense than Trubisky. And uh, unlike Trubisky, he's not going to lose the game for the Bears. Um, he's he's, he's a, kind of a game manager, and that's kind of all the Bears will need him to be with that defense. So I feel like he can take uh, I feel like he can take this Bears team to a nine and seven record and to the playoffs and potentially even a division. But for now, I'm going to call I'm going to say that they will be a wild card team in 2020. We're going to move on to our next batch of predictions, and that is division winners. We're going to go around the table for our AFC and then NFC um, division winners, and we're going to kick it off with Anthony. So for the AFC East, I've gone to the Buffalo Bills. I think the addition of Stefan Diggs to an offense that really has talented players like Devin Singletary, and I think Josh Allen is a talented player, Jack. I think it'll just make them even better, and I think they'll have enough to overtake the Patriots in the AFC East. Uh, in the AFC North, I've gone the Ravens. To be honest, this was a pretty close, um, I was pretty close to selecting the Steelers for this. Just I feel like the Ravens have more talent on their offense compared to the Steelers. I think both defenses are pretty similar in terms of talent, but I feel like Lamar Jackson will be a deciding factor in clutch moments that will get him over the line. Uh, in the AFC South, I've gone the Titans. And it's kind of building off the point you made last week, Riff, about Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to get 2,000 yards rushing, but I think he'll be a stable point of their offense. And I think having such a solid run game there in Tennessee will make Brian Tannehill's job easier. And I think it'll be a pretty solid path for them to win a division. And in the AFC East, sorry, the AFC West, it's been pretty easy uh, predicting, you know, whether Chiefs will will. Well, how they'll go in the 2020 season, I think, is they have to be the favourites to win the AFC West. So I've gone with them. I think they haven't they haven't really lost anyone on their offense or defense, and you know, being able to sign Mahomes that big contract as well as being able to keep Chris Jones, I think it adds a lot of confidence Arif? to the team coming off a Super Bowl win. So for the AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills. I personally think the AFC East is the Bills' division to lose. Although teams like the Patriots and Dolphins, they made some pretty good acquisitions in the offseason for the better. I don't see them really challenging the Bills in their strong defense when they play each other, which leaves the door wide open for the Bills to take the division, in my opinion. For the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I think they take the AFC North, but not without a fight from the Steelers. It'll be great to watch the Ravens and Steelers go at it during the season, especially with that strong Steelers defense. Although I think the Steelers will make the playoffs, I think the Ravens will over will get over them and win the division. For the AFC South, I have the Tennessee Titans. As I alluded to last episode, I believe the Titans win this division off the back of Derrick Henry and that high-powered offense. The Titans will certainly feel the loss of Jarrell Casey, who went to the Broncos in the offseason. But their defense as a whole should be able to shut down the Colts and the Texans, who will also be in the hunt for the playoffs. And 
like Anthony mentioned, this one's pretty self-explanatory. For the AFC West, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in the NFL, best quarterback in the league, fastest receiving core in the league, one of the most exciting rookies in the league at running back. They also locked up multiple stars on offense and defense, and I really can't see anyone else challenging them for this division. And Emilia? So, like Anthony Riff in the AFC East, I've gone with the Buffalo Bills. For me, it's an obvious choice. I liked where they were at last season at 10-6. and six. Patriots are going to decline. I think the Bills can only improve, as Josh Allen will, in my opinion. And their defense, I reckon, will be one of the best in the league. And it'll be too much for the opposing offenses in the division when you look at how they're faring and how they'll fare this season. Uh, for the AFC North, I've gone with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they'll be as strong as they were last year but they'll still manage to win the division. It was hard for me to choose between them and the Steelers. I think the Ravens have a much better offense, but the Steelers have a slightly better defense. But I think Lamar Jackson will definitely get it done in the division. He will take a step back similar to Mahomes last year, but Ravens still winning that division, in my opinion. For the South, I've gone a little bit of a different direction. I've gone with the Indianapolis Colts. I think they have the strongest roster and most complete roster, I'd say, in the division. Uh, I think they went 7-9 and nine with a quarterback who was severely underperforming. I think in Jacoby Brissett... And I think the Texans and Titans won't be as good this season. And obviously in the AFC West, I've gone with the Kansas City Chiefs. Easiest choice for me out of every single division. They're far superior to any team uh, in, the, in the same division. And I think I'll take the number one or two seed. Some nice picks there, Emilian. And to wrap this up, my picks are pretty in line with my teams that I think will exceed expectations for the AFC East, I've got the New England Patriots winning the division ahead of the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I feel like the Bills will decline and the Patriots will exceed expectations. In the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens, as you guys do. I feel like they're going to go a long way this season. It's a pretty easy choice. I feel like the Steelers and Browns will be thereabouts, but this is the Ravens division. AFC South, I've gone the same route as you, Emilian. I feel like the Indianapolis Colts will win the division, and I feel like they'll go quite far in 2020 um, with uh, Rivers and the offensive line and that defense. And as you guys uh, alluded to, the AFC West is Kansas City's division. We're going to move on to the NF to our NFC division winners, and we're going to kick it off with Riff. So for the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. This one took me a while to decide, but I think the Eagles will win the division. Obviously, it will be tight between them and the Cowboys. But in my opinion, the Eagles take it because this past offseason they had, they just really focus on their weaknesses, which I thought were wide receiver and cornerback. They, they went ahead and got Darius Slay and went to the draft to find some wide receiver help. Um, if Wednesday is healthy, that will also be helpful for them. For the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers. Yes, they had one of the most worst off-seasons in the league, but I think the Packers will take the division because of the fact they have one of the best offensive trios in the league in Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Adam Jones. The two Smiths on defense, Preston and Zedarius, will continue to terrorize as they did in 2019. They'll certainly be challenged by the Vikings and Bears, but I think the Packers will take it. NFC South, I have the New Orleans Saints winning the division. I know the Buccaneers have one of the best offenses 
um, in the league in recent memory. But the Saints have arguably the most stacked and complete roster in the NFL at all positions. The aging Breeze, he has obviously Michael Thomas, but now he also has Emmanuel Sanders to throw to, and they'll also be hoping for a bounce-back season from Alvin Kamara. They have one of the best secondaries in the league, in my opinion. The Bucs will make the playoffs, but the Saints will win this division. For the NFC West, I have the San Francisco 49ers. So for the most competitive division in the league, I think they can win if they win five, at least five of their six division matchups. Obviously, the Seahawks will be hot on their tails and the Cardinals and Rams can challenge. And I think it will possibly come down to the final game of the season as it did last season with the 49ers prevailing. Interesting picks there, if Anthony. So for the NFC East, um, I went with the Cowboys. I think with a fully healthy Eagles roster, I think the Eagles definitely win the division here. But with Alshon Jeffrey questionable, Jalen Rager injured and Marquise Goodwin opting out of the season, I don't think it's realistic for the Eagles to expect to win that division. So I, also I think with CeeDee Lamb, uh, obviously the Cowboys dropping him, I think they'll just make the Cowboys aerial, aerial threat even better than it was in 2019. So I reckon the Cowboys take the vision there. In the NFC North, I've gone the Vikings, and it's more because I think the Packers will regress than the Vikings will actually prove that much. I think, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, Jack, about the, all the issues with, you know, they, have, they didn't go to the draft, they didn't go select, they didn't go draft the wide receiver. I think it'll really, sh- that decision not to draft the wide receiver in the draft really, will really prove to be detrimental when the season commences. Also for the Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins coming back off uh, a season where he did, did very well in the playoffs, beat the Saints. I think his confidence will be at all-time high, and I think it will really show in his performance in 2020. Um, for the NFC South, I've gone with the Buccaneers. And last season, sorry, last episode, I was kind of skeptical about Tom Brady. I think he'll regress. Um, it, for, for the Buccaneers, but I think the signing of Leonard Fournette, it kind of it changes my prediction. I feel I feel that they have enough on offense that doesn't matter how badly Tom Brady plays. I think they have enough to win the division just having that crowded, they have a crowded running back room. It's loaded with talent. They're loaded with talent at tight end and wide receiver. It's just their division to win, in my opinion. And for the NFC West, I've gone with the 49ers. I think even with key injuries to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Nick Boza, and Fred Warner. It won't help the 49ers at all. But, however, the first month of football is quite easy for the Niners. The Jets being the opponent within those four, the first four games that have the best record at 7-9. So they won't be challenged for the first part of the season. And I think as players return, they'll just, be, they'll just re-establish the form they were in in 2019 and they will make a strong push for the playoffs and for that second... And a million your picks. ...in the NFC. So in the NFC East, I've gone the same as Anthony. I believe the Dallas Cowboys will win the division. Similar to what he said, I think if both teams are healthy, the Eagles will win it. But they're already they already have injury concerns with Carson Wentz. As Jalen Rager, Marcus Goodman opted out. I just don't think the Eagles are, are going to be able to sustain themselves the entire season. The Cowboys have an incredibly stacked roster on offense. Uh, one of the best receiving uh, cores in the league, I believe. And their defense, I think if they get the Earl Thomas signing, is going to be... Uh, it's going to be better than last year, despite losing Byron Jones and Robert Quinn. Uh, in the NFC North, I've gone with the Rift, the Green Bay Packers. 
I do agree with Jack that they'll regress, but I don't think it'll be as bad as you think. I think they'll go 10 and 6, 11 and 5, maybe. I think that's enough to win the N- NFC North. Uh, as Arif said, uh, they've got one of the best offensive trios in the league in Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. And they still got great players on defense Preston, Zadarius Smith, and Jay Alexander. So Packers take the NFC North. With the NFC South, I've gone with the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints have been one of the best regular season teams in the last two years, and I don't see that changing this year. That's different to how they play in the playoffs, but I'm not talking about that. I think in the regular season, they're going to come out on top in the NFC South. Uh, they have the edge over the Bucks because their chemistry is already established, and I do believe they have the superior defense. I think the Bucks are going to take a while to get in a rhythm. With the NFC West, I've gone with the Seattle Seahawks. It's a tough one between them and the 49ers. But the Seahawks have been doing a lot in the offseason to go all the way this season. They're in a win-now mode. Russell Wilson's in the best shape of his career. And last year, they were one play away from winning the division. And that was without their two starting running backs. So I don't see why anyone would say that they can't win the division this year. I think they do it. They'll be back stronger than ever. Yeah, man, I really like the point you raised about Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith on that defense for Green Bay. I feel like... I feel like they don't get as much attention as, as they deserve. I think if the Packers are to win the division, I really think they'll make they'll, they'll be a real big vocal part vocal part of winning the division. On to our picks for the NFC divisions and in the NFC East, I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles will win the division and they win the division quite easily. Dallas Cowboys will regress this season for me. I just don't. I don't believe in Dak Prescott really as much as I do Carson Wentz. I feel like the Eagles will get over some early season injuries and it'll be much of a non-contest by the end of the season. In the NFC North, I had the Minnesota Vikings uh, to win division, but I think I might change my mind. I might go with the Bears. I feel like the Bears are, like I said, in my um, surprise wildcard team predictions. I feel like that they could, they could have a really good season with Nick Foles. Um, I feel like he takes them further than Trubisky does. The defense will go back to his 2018 form and they'll win the division. In the NFC South, I've gone with the New Orleans Saints. I feel like they will just be over the Bucks in terms of um, in, the regular, in the regular season, as you said, a million. In the regular season, I feel like the Saints do trump the Bucks. Just only just though. And in the NFC West, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers will win the division. I don't think they will have a hangover. Um, in 2020, I feel like it would be just as good, if not better, as uh, than they were last season. So I feel like they win the NFC West. On we move now to the Super Bowl predictions, and we're going to kick it off with Arif. Sweet. Okay, so for my Super Bowl prediction, I have the Chiefs versus the Saints. And I think this offseason, the Saints finally managed to win a playoff game and more. They make it to the Super Bowl and they put the brakes on that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs hype train. Breeze bows out in style and hands over the reins to a much improved Jameis Winston. I think from Jameis, we'll see something like what Teddy Bridgewater produced last season. And I think that Breeze will retire in style with a Super Bowl victory. Anthony? Uh, for me, I've gone with the Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, honestly, I was a bit skeptical about buying into the Buccaneers hype. Like I, last two seasons ago, I, bu- I bought into the Browns hype, and they didn't they didn't really pay off. But I feel like the Buccaneers have what it takes 
to go to the Super Bowl and really contest with the Chiefs in that game. I think the signing of Leonard Fournette really is that like icing on the like that you know icing on a cake for me. I think that's like that, that one trade that really takes them that much closer to winning. But for me, I feel like the Chiefs will win win the Super Bowl again. I just think Patrick Mahomes, and as you mentioned earlier on, Arif, about the receiving core, the fastest in the league, I just think they're just, they're just too dangerous. And I, think, I don't think the Buccaneers defense would be able to stop them in that game. A million? So out of the AFC, I've gone the same as Arif and Anthony. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see them losing to anyone in the AFC this year. They've kept most of their starters. And in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes was an absolute beast. In the NFC, it was tougher, but I've gone with the Seattle Seahawks. I think their roster is incredible. They just signed Josh Gordon. I think their offense has to be one of the best. Jamal Adams on that defense is incredible. Um, they, have strong, they have strong competition. There's no quarterback I trust more in the playoffs than Russell Wilson right now. And I think the Chiefs win this one, and they'll be the first team to go back-to-back since the Patriots in Super Bowl 39. And to wrap it up, my Super Bowl predictions are... The same as yours in the AFC, guys. I've gone with the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like they will go uh, back to the ball again this season. Um, but in the NFC, I've gone with the Tampa Buccaneers, just like you, Anthony. But unlike you, I feel like the Buccaneers will get the better of the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this season. It'll be another Brady versus Mahomes showdown in the big dance. And I feel like Brady will come on top one last time, um, this time with Tampa Bay. Another point I just want to bring up quickly, the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa. So if the Buccaneers can get to the Super Bowl and they're playing on their home field, I feel like I feel like even if they're playing against a team much more much like better than they were, I still feel like the home field advantage in the Super Bowl with I just feel like even though I did say the Chiefs would win it against the Buccaneers, I feel like the Buccaneers could really, really, really push any team as long as it's on their home field. Yeah, as much as home field advantage would have been nice, I don't think we're going to get nearly a full stadium by the Super Bowl. I think that's still a while away in terms of big crowds. I think that the Super Bowl is is, is maybe going to have maybe half the stadium capacity, but I don't think it's enough to really kind of have a home crowd atmosphere by then. I agree with your point, Anthony. I think um, it will be an advantage if Tampa Bay can make it. Um, even just playing on the home turf in their city will make a difference, whether it be with half, full or no fans in that stadium. And now to wrap up our team predictions episode, we have got our bold team predictions and we're going to kick it off with Emilian. All right, Jack, you're going to hate me for this one, but I think that the Buffalo Bills will be the number one seed in the AFC. I'm all in on them this season. I think their defense is going to be one of the best. Josh Allen is going to improve significantly. And as I said, Last episode, Devin Singletary will lead the league in rushing yards. I'm all in on the Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia this season. Let's see it happen. I actually don't mind that, Emilian, because then at the end of the season, I can laugh at you for how wrong you were. Anthony? We'll see. For me, I've gone with the Cleveland Browns. I think it's a bit of a... I think they'll make the AFC Championship game. It's a pretty bold prediction, but I feel like... I said before so many times, I feel like the Browns have everything in place for them to make that leap deep into the playoffs. I thought that they could have done it back in 2019, but I feel like all that controversy they faced will only give them more pressure to perform, and I think they will take that pressure and convert it into wins. And I reckon, I think they'll go to the, they'll make the Super Bowl, but I think the AFC Championship game will be the best uh, they get to in the 2020. All right, so for my bold team prediction, I believe 
Kyle Murray and the Cardinals grabbed the seventh wildcard spot and managed to win a playoff game in the divisional round. It'll be the battle of the two quarterbacks that were constantly talked about for being too short. It'll be Kyle Murray versus Russell Wilson. I believe this Cardinals roster definitely has what it takes to make the playoffs this season. The only thing in their way is their own division. It is one of the most competitive divisions. Well, actually, it is the most competitive division in the league. And it won't be an easy task, but they definitely have a chance to make the divisional round, in my opinion. And throughout the episode with my bold team prediction, and uh, Arif and Emilian, you won't like this one, but I feel like the Green Bay Packers won't make the playoffs in 2020. They will regress in year two of Matt LaFleur, and they'll be play pretty garbage. Well, Jack, I have a question for you. So and what's what, that? Again? What kind of record do you think a so-called garbage team will have? Uh, I think they'll go either eight and eight or seven and nine. We have different definitions of garbage, but well, okay. Um, well, then, sorry, I'll, I'll clear it up for you then. A million garbage compared to thirteen and three. Okay, I agree. They won't be third three, but I don't think they'll be anywhere near garbage. But I guess we'll have to find out. Yes, indeed we will. That wraps up our team predictions episode uh, this week. We hope you've enjoyed us clowning around and making some predictions. This, of course, was our last episode before uh, the regular season does start on uh, this time next week on Friday. And so we will. the next time you hear from us will be once football will start being played. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That is at touch.downtounder. That is where we post all of our podcast and non-podcast content. We will be posting all these predictions one by one on our Instagram, so you can check them out there. We are also on Twitter at the TDU Podcast, and we premiere our podcasts on Facebook and YouTube at TouchdownUnder. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and we will see you next week.